This is Sadiq, and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports-related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA, and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. What's up, America? I apologize for being a little late with this podcast, but it's final season. But anyway, y'all saw the game last night? Golden State against the Los Angeles Lakers. It's game two. By the way, just for transparency, I have the Golden State Warriors taking a distance. It's going to be a seven-game series. Golden State is going to win in seven. But let's talk about the last game. Golden State beat the breaks off the Lakers because Anthony Davis has been altering days. That's what the AD stands for because he was atrocious. Just like Jay Will said of ESPN, some days he looked like he's better than Joel Embiid, who's the MVP, or Nikola Jokic, who's been the back-to-back MVP. And some days he looked like JaVale McGee. It just goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Game one was a monster. Gave you over 30 points and over 20 rebounds. First time since Shaq to do that in a Laker uniform. And then last night, he was absolutely atrocious. And he is the reason, the primary reason why the Lakers lost. Gave you 11 points and 7 rebounds. Looked like JaVale McGee. The Lakers lost by 27. They're an older team, so I expect some games that they're just going to falter to the wayside. Connor with Memphis took them to six, even though the, game, the, the series should have been done in five. The Golden State Warriors had Steph Curry essentially playing a true point guard role. He had 12 you know, assists. That was the most that he's had in a playoff series in, in a long time, um, one of his higher assist games. But Klay Thompson... Show he he that dude. 8-11 from three, gave you 30 points. Um, and I felt like Draymond Green was aggressive offensively anytime they had those pick and rolls because Golden State, anytime they had the pick and rolls, there was two people on Steph, and Steph was able to find a Draymond Green, a Clay Thompson. Um, and he gave you close to a triple-double, giving you 11 points, 11 rebounds, and nine assists. Um and Jermichael Green starting for Kavon Looney, giving you 15 points, uh, you know, three of six from three-point range, outscoring Anthony Davis. Um, the Lakers did what they were supposed to do. They won game one. They was able to get a split. And now they get two games in their home building, and we'll see what happens. I will say this. Something has to break. Steve Kerr, anytime he gets into the playoffs as the Golden State Warriors head coach, they go to the finals because he's undefeated in the West. LeBron James is undefeated when he wins game one. So something has to break. Like I said before, I got Golden State winning in seven. But what the Lakers did in game one was tremendous, and Golden State did what they were supposed to do, beat the living breaks off of them in game two because they were playing with desperate times because obviously if you go down 2-0 going into LA it's good night Irene the fat lady singing this series is a wrap now 
You got through that series. Do we really talk? need to talk about Phoenix? They're playing tonight. This is do or die for them. They down uh, 2-0, and they have no bench. They literally have no bench. The last time they played against the Denver Nuggets on that um, on that Monday, that bench literally scored two points. That's atrocious. That's one of the worst games by bench in NBA history. They scored two points, and they lost by ten. And they lost Chris Paul. This series is over. Let's just let's just call it what it is. This series is over. It's it's a wrap. It's a wrap. They might get five. I wouldn't be surprised if they get swept. Because there ain't no way the Phoenix Suns have enough. And I don't know who to blame. Do you blame Monty Williams? Do you blame the players? I think this is a coaching error because you have guys on the bench that should be able to give you something. We'll talk about them a little later, but what the Miami Heat are doing with a bunch of unknown guys to the public. And you got proven guys on the bench, like a Lee, like a Cameron Payne, Torrey Craig. I mean, Bismack Miambos, ugh. But Terrence Ross is a bucket getter. Shamit. You got guys that should be able to play. I know uh, TJ Buckets is, is still hurt, but still, you got guys on the bench that should be able to play. Um, and give you some points. So um, Phoenix will retool next season, and we'll see what happens. Boston, Philly. Now, I'll tell y'all right now, Boston, I have Boston winning this series because I don't trust Doc Rivers. And you saw what Boston did to them. They beat the living breaks off of them with Joel B coming back, even though, you know, he got his MVP, deservingly so. But he wasn't, you know, his best uh, given the circumstances. He was still hurt, um, still hobbling. But they beat the brakes off of him, beating them 121 to 87 in game two um, because Philly stole home court because James Harden put on an absolute show, giving you a 45 piece. James Harden. Turning their hands back, turning the time back, showing y'all that he get busy, um, was aggressive because he, there was no Joel Embiid, and Maxi Tobias Harris was able to join the party and they was able to steal one. Now game three is gonna be pivotal. The Philadelphia 76ers, if they're gonna make this a series, they gotta make sure they protect home court. Um Boston is not a championship team. I don't see them winning a championship because they've been lazadaisical with their opponents. You saw what they did with the Atlanta Hawks. You saw what they're doing with the Philadelphia Sixers, turning it up, turning it down. Um, I still have Boston winning this series and, and heading to the Eastern Conference Finals to face the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, I, I already said it. I told y'all, if Giannis ain't playing, that he's going to win, and they did. I ain't think we going to win in five, but we won. And the Miami Heat played the New York Knicks. 
They took care of business in game one. Game two, Jimmy Butler wasn't there. Still game in the fourth quarter. And the Knicks was to eke it out. So it was a 1-1 series. Miami's winning in six. Miami's winning in six, y'all. Just so y'all know, Miami's winning in six. We're going to win the next two games. Then we're going to head back to Madison Square and lose there because the coronation to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals will happen in game six. And Jimmy Mother effing Butler is going to show y'all why he's the best player on the court. And the Heat, despite not having my favorite hero on Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, are going to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals where we face the Boston Celtics. Now, if there is some way that the Philadelphia 76ers by hook or crook get to the Eastern Conference Finals, Jimmy Butler going to the NBA Finals. Just so y'all know. Now, let's talk about some news that happened in the NBA. Mike Boonhoser coach of the Milwaukee Bucks fired after six seasons. I thought this was a absolute shock to the system. I did not see this happening. You have a great team. He had the number one team in all of basketball. Giannis was hurt last year. Chris Middleton was hurt. Um, and yes, they did lose to an eighth seed. But at the same time, Giannis was hurt for three out of the five games or potentially seven games in this series. I thought he would be on a short lease for next season, but he didn't even have a lease because he was axed before we even got to the NBA Finals. You have a team where Giannis has a player option coming up uh, next season. Not this upcoming offseason, but next season. You also have the major decisions to make on guys like Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton in terms of contracts extensions. You have an owner who just sold the team of, uh, or his stake in the team for $3.6 billion. And now that the CBA for the NBA has been already negotiated, teams that are in that repeater tax are going to be heavily fined and it's a disadvantage uh, for those teams, those good teams um, or those teams with high payrolls. So the Bucks, while right now on paper they look good because they have the best player in all of basketball, in my opinion, and one of the best defenders in all of basketball in Drew Holiday, there will be decisions that will be made in the coming months on how to reshape this roster moving forward. Um, and I thought Mike Boonhoser would have been at least a coach that would have been considered to be leading that charge, at least for next season. He did bring y'all to an NBA championship. And if Giannis doesn't get hurt this season, 
I think the Heat lose. And last season, I think the Bucks win the championship if Chris Middleton was there. So we'll see what happens. Um, it'll be interesting to see what coach the Bucks bring in. Um, people are talking about Nick Nurse, but I think this is going to be a long process, and I think they might even look at a coach that's currently still playing to see if they can get him out of their contract to bring him along. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised, even though I would not wish this on anybody, but don't be surprised if a guy like Doc Rivers is fired because they didn't meet expectations in Philly and he had some Milwaukee. I'm just throwing that out there. Now, my favorite time of the year, or one of my favorite times of the year, the NFL draft. You had a bunch of players going left and right. You had trades being made. And I'm going to tell y'all some of my winners, my losers, and who won the draft overall. So some winners I really, really liked what the Seattle Seahawks did. Um, they were tremendous. If you look at their draft, they got the best corner or at least top two corner in Devin Witherspoon. You got the number one receiver, I believe, in Jackson uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. You also went and got Derek Hall outside linebacker. Um, and then you, you was able to sprinkle in uh, a guard and Anthony Bradford coming out of LSU. Um, I really think, especially the day one with two picks in, you know, in the top 20, um, Seattle did well getting their number one corner and their number one receiver. Um, Geno Smith has another weapon to go to, especially in the slot. You got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf on the outside, Jackson Smith and Jigba inside. And I also thought, um, the Jets would look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, given that he was the best receiver in, in that in this draft. Um, another team I think did well, given what the assets that they had. I really like what the Cardinals did as well. Um, you look at their team; they was able to get um, Paris Johnson, left tackle. Um, you also was able to get B.J. Ojolari, outside linebacker, but. They traded their third pick with the Texans and got the Texans uh, pick next season. Not the Browns pick, but uh, the Texans pick. So you presumably think that next season, the Cardinals, given that, you know, Kyler Murray is hurt and they got the Texans pick, they'll have two potential top five, top seven picks, which maybe they can go out and get a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a Caleb Williams or even a Drake May if they're not sold on Kyler Murray moving forward and they can trade off of him. Another team I just really liked um, was the Giants. I think the Giants got an explosive coordinator out of Maryland and Banks, um, really great player coming out. Um, I also think they got the best you know, lineman, even though he's older, um, and John Michael Schmitz um, coming out of Minnesota. And they got one of my favorite receivers in this draft in, in Jalen Hyatt, Speed Demon. Um, 
I think the Giants are well positioned this season to kind of continue to build. But in terms of the draft, I thought they did very well. And another team that I really liked what they did, um, even though it was to my own detriment, was the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers did tremendous. They went up in the draft. They got a Broderick Jones, even though the Jets was going to sit there and get him. Uh, one of the best ta uh, talents in all of the draft given that this draft was weak. Then in the first pick of the second round, they went out and got Joey Porter Jr., who was a top 15 selection in most people's eyes, no later than top 25 in the first round, but he goes in the second round. Um, and then they get one of my favorite tight ends in the third round in Darnell Washington. So you're looking at Roger Jones, Joey Porter, and Darnell Washington with three out of their first four picks, and those were top 40 talent um, in this drive. So I really like that, uh, what they did. And some losers, I'll tell you right now, I don't give a damn. I have a philosophy and I stick to it. I don't like it when people pick running backs first round. It's just dumb business. Dumb franchises make dumb decisions and they get dumb prizes. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions, who had two picks in the top 18. And they picked Jameer Gibbs, who's a phenomenal back coming out of Bama. But I'm sorry. At that spot, at 12, mind you, they were already in the top 10. And they traded their pick with the Eagles. And then they traded... Uh, traded down a little bit more. They could have had themselves uh, a, a better player at that position, um, in my opinion. They could have got a blue-chip talent, especially um, given that they don't have a bunch of blue-chip talents all over the field. They're still a good team, but Jalen Carter was sitting right there for them. And yet, they take a running back when they could have gotten that running back, I felt like, in the 20s. Then they went out and got Jack Campbell, who everyone viewed as a second-round pick, but they picked him late in the first round at pick 18. Didn't make much sense to me. I just don't get it. To me, their best pick was Brian Branch in the second round. But you look at all this situation, I just don't like what the what the Lions were doing. They were just picking plays. They didn't make no sense. And then, to top it all off, they trade their best running back and DeAndre Swift to the Eagles for a bag of chips and some cookies. So I didn't like that. Um, I also didn't like what the Atlanta Falcons did. Once again, dumb organizations make dumb decisions they got a top 10 pick they got a top 10 pick number eight overall and they take Bijan robinson that just don't make no sense to me and and i've said it Bijan robinson he's gonna be phenomenal he's gonna be a workhorse back that can catch it out the backfield he's probably gonna win rookie of the year if he stays healthy but at that spot you could have taken the best player or the second best player in this draft in Jalen Carter. You could have taken Gonzalez, the corner, you know, out of Oregon. You could have taken a Nolan Smith. You could have taken anybody. 
to help your and you know your roster. But no, you take a luxury pick in Bijan Robinson. Just didn't make much sense to me. And I don't care about the rest of their draft. I just looked at that first pick, and I remember sitting there, and I'm like, that was an atrocious pick. Yes, they went out and got, you know, Matt Bergeson out of Syracuse in the second round. Got Zach Harrison defensive end in the third round. You know, Clark Phillips in the fourth round. But still, by golly, you got to do better with, you know, taking Bijan in the top eight. Come on now. Um, and now the Jets, what I think about them overall, I think they did okay. They didn't have major, you know, flaws in the roster. You also have to consider, um, they wanted one of the picks, um, and I felt like they went out and just worked on the trenches. If you looked at their draft, it was very telling. Um, they would got Will McDonald. Um, outside linebacker, he's going to be in that wide nine technique instead of that four eye where he's up on the tackle. He's going to be in that wide. He's very bendy. He's very edgy. Um, you know, the coaches said that he reminds them of uh, Brian Burns. Um, so we'll see. We got our, you know, tackle, uh, our center of the future, not tackle, but Joe Tipperman um, coming out of Wisconsin. He's younger. Uh, four years younger than John Michael Schmitz, and he's more athletic. He got that six-six frame, um, so we'll see how that goes. And then Israel, running back out of Pittsburgh, this dude is electric. Um, you have Brees Hall, you have uh, Bam Knight, you have Michael Carter. So it will be very interesting to see how this running back room develops, given that Aaron Rodgers is now the quarterback and he can get those backs the football. Um, I just, I think the Jets had a solid draft. It wasn't anything crazy. The only thing I would have maybe had liked is if we would have gotten Brockdrick Jones and then in the second round, probably get Will McDonald or um, Tipperman, but I'm, I'm okay with what the Jets did. I'm, I'm very fine with what the Jets did. It wasn't like what we did last year, but the roster is much better than it was, um, you know, a year ago. And and shout out to Joe Douglas overall. Obviously, getting Aaron Rodgers, obviously, um, beefing up this off offensive line, beefing up the defensive line compared to just two three years ago. So, um, but all in all, who won the draft? The Eagles out here robbing people. The Eagles need to be arrested for thievery they flat out destroyed this draft they got the best player in the draft by by some in jalen carter defensive tackle who's going to be playing with fletcher cox you know hassan reddick brandon graham and that legion of defensive line outside linebackers you get him at nine when he was a, supposed to be a top three. Yes, he had those transgressions, but all in all, good grief, getting him at nine was a, such a steal. And then with their 30th pick, they get a top 15, top 20 player in Nolan Smith. So you got the two Georgia boys 
coming on the team with the other two Georgia boys from last year. So just a sensational draft by Howie. And then on top of that, they go out and get DeAndre Swift for a bag of cookies and some chips. Just a sensational draft by the Philadelphia A. They won the draft. There were some winners and losers, but they won the draft. They were robbing everybody. How the league allowed this to happen? The Eagles are phenomenal. They got their quarterback under contract. They got the receivers, and they just fortified their defensive line and still was able to help out their offense with a Tyler Steen coming out of Alabama, with a DeAndre Swift coming from the Lions. The Eagles, they're phenomenal. But all of this is, you know, it's okay to talk about, but we'll see what happens in the fall when football season comes back on. This has proved me wrong, and once again, I'll prove y'all wrong. Peace. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on a show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, Prove Me Wrong underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong or else you gonna be walking out. Walking out? Walking out?